Swanson to first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Episode 80 of For Future Considerations, the Jerry Rice episode of For Future Considerations. Maybe the greatest wide receiver of all time, maybe the greatest podcast of all time. My name is Matt, John, Manny here as well. Gentlemen, we've reached another milestone, another decade of episodes in our back pockets here. What do you say we make this one like the 50th best one we've done so far? Sounds good. Wow, that's a tall order. Do you guys remember the 80s, or do you want to remember the 80s? (laughs) Not a good decade? Me and my bangs. John, you were just getting out of college then, weren't you? (laughs) You had hair at one time? (laughs) (laughs) We should just play Michael Jackson music or Lionel Richie music during the whole episode. Let's do do it. That's that's a pump it or dump it right there. Let's just do a month on Lionel Richie. <laughs> I'm sure uh, someone's made a YouTube video of all night long for 10 hours straight. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, what a feeling. But isn't our good friend J.D. Moffat just in the video? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, J.D. Moffat, if there was a lookalike to Lionel Richie, it would be our good friend, Mr. Moffat, wouldn't it? That's pretty <laughs> that close. Very true. Yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> we had a great debate in our last episode, episode 79. In fact, our last few debates have been great, fantastic, informative, fun, throwing any other adjectives. Yes, confrontational. Very confrontational. What drunk wrote that uh, comment on our. Uh, <laughs> very informative. What the hell? <laughs> people are loving us uh, they, i guess well i i don't think we've had that many fan questions either uh, for for one episode we jammed in a lot in that one yes we did yeah we did that's true in fact we got a social media message from coop who uh, loved our conversation about the baseball bullpen and the uh, arm barn debate Yes, of course. So if you missed uh, any of our previous episodes, go back, take a listen. Listen to us talking about the arm barn, whatever else it was. We can debate uh, as well. Uh, Join in the conversation uh, on the social media channels also because we had uh, some great debate this week about uh, something we're going to get into in in the next couple minutes here. But great conversations and some great special guests along the way. Yeah, and last week we spoke to Kyle Hope, who shared some great stories about deciding to play at the University of Windsor and uh, getting a lot of penalties in the Danish league. (laughs) Yeah, we also spoke to Ethan Miedema of the Windsor Spitfires on episode 70. Feels so long ago now. Congrats to Ethan from us. He has been named to the Canadian Under-17 team, uh, or teams, I should say, that will compete against Canada's national women's team in Ottawa later this month in a tournament called the Capital City Challenge. Should be fun. 
Yeah, that's going to be a great tournament and uh, and awesome to see those two play. I've had a chance uh, when I was working with the Lakeshore Canadians to uh, play exhibition games against Team Canada uh, when they were down around here. And uh, man, oh man, I think the the boys may have been more interested in uh, the numbers and names on the back of the jerseys than than the game itself because we got destroyed. <laughs> all of those games and we lost the first one handedly and then we found out that they hadn't even brought half the team yet they were they were on their way into town and we were going to play in the next game so it's going to be really good it's going to be a really good challenge for these guys yeah we've had some great interviews too Jaden lindo now of the penguins even pete monroe who started the beer hockey practice league that should be if you haven't listened to that go back that's just a great idea. Matt calls it the million-dollar idea, and I think it it really is a million-dollar idea. Yeah, definitely. And uh, normally on the OT, we have a special guest and we interview them. But in this episode, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We still have a special guest, but we're going to dedicate the entire podcast to our predictions for the end-of-season awards in Major League Baseball. This guy. I get to do one of these this guy ones. It's always an impressive paragraph of this person's past experiences in their career, uh, some of the great awards that they've won, uh, some of the other outstanding achievements they have uh, throughout their lives. Uh, this time we're going to talk to to Adam Hooper, who is probably like the uh, <laughs> a drill bit in the background here. Uh, probably like, of all the people I know, he probably is like the sixth most knowledgeable about baseball. And... Uh, <laughs> And and one of the best friends that you'll find. And I can't wait to tell, uh, for for us to have on record that he is going to say Bryce Harper is the National League MVP. I can't wait for this. I know where it's going to be a little bit later on in the show, but I'm so excited to hear it. Anyways, Adam, thanks for joining us. Hey, Hooper! No I look like Sean Doolittle on here right now. It's Sean Doolittle. <laughs> it's a little bit of Dallas Braden as well. You wish you had any of those arms. Yeah. You like that sweet hat, eh? Oh, that's a sweet hat. That is. <laughs> that is a sweet hat. No, thank you. Thank you for asking me to join in on this one. Uh, it gets me a little, oh, the baseball withdrawal right now. It's tough. And so I'm glad we can get in, we can talk this. And here's hoping we're not talking about lockout down the line. No kidding. And you're a big fan of the podcast, right? Always, yes. You've listened to... Not a big fan of the takes, but a big fan of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You've listened to eight of the 80 episodes that we've had, right? Yeah, the ones that Matt puts on in the bedroom later at night. (laughs) (laughs) I said pardon. (laughs) He's up asleep. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, and you were on with us in the summer and uh, shared uh, some sports memories as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I went golfing with two of these uh, buffoons, and is that what you call it? That team to a uh, second to last place finish. So, look, we had good. a great back nine. We were we were on fire in the back nine. That we finally one, put it together. The, <laughs> I think the best drive was was Manny cruising over the bumps, kicking the speaker out on the other side of the <laughs> fairway. I Did think you? 12, twelve or thirteen. Did you get that speaker back, by the way? Oh, yeah, I got it. I got yeah, it. I got okay, it. okay. All good. Oh, yeah, now, I went racing back for that one. often played 17-18 again and <laughs> just kept going. Whatever. <laughs> we play 18. We were so good. We're just going to keep playing it. Uh, that was fun. Miss it. We'll do it again. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, so on this episode, we're going to cover the big end of season awards in baseball. We'll save the biggest ones for last. So let's start with manager of the year. Uh, the American League nominees are Dusty Baker of the Astros, Kevin Cash of the Rays, and Scott Service of the Mariners. Who's your winner? Listen, this might not be the best take since Hooper loves our takes all the time. But the Tampa Bay Rays are boring. Dusty Baker, nobody wants the Astros to win anything. So I'm going with Scott Service. The Mariners made baseball fun again. They were this close to getting into the playoffs. They still had a 90-win season. Nobody expected them to do anything. So Scott Service would, if I had a vote, would be my AL Manager of the Year. And I'll deal with reality and the fact that (laughs) in an offseason when your team loses Blake Snell by trade, you lose Charlie Morton by free agency, Tyler Glass now goes down in injury in June, manager of this team put together 158 different lineups in 162 games and won a franchise record in victories in the regular season, you're foolish to think that it's anybody other than Kevin Cash. Boring! I don't, I don't remember seeing boring as one of the boxes to check It off. should be! <laughs> it should be boring! Okay, be, before I get my choice here, my, my issue is, honestly, I don't think either of them, any of them, should have been the choice. I, I say Alex Cora. You took a team that pretty much gave up on last year, granted shortened pandemic season. You brought that exact team back, and they totally met and then beyond exceeded expectations, made the playoffs, were in the push for the World Series. There was one big difference between last year's Boston Red Sox and this year's, and it was Alex Cora. So to take them and kind of resurrect them and be like, hey, guys, you were way better than you were last year. I think he should have been in that discussion. I'm so, I was shocked he wasn't in the top three. Um, that being said, my choice goes to Dusty Baker. As much as I don't care for the Houston Astros, he took a team that, I don't know if you guys realize, almost went under the radar the whole season. How, how much publicity did they get this season for how good they were doing? And really, he took them out of what they should have had to go through with the booze and the misery and having to prove themselves as being a – a formidable team, and Dusty Baker is a good dude. He was the exact right choice for that position, and he he brought him to the World Series. And I know that doesn't matter in the voting at this point, but I, I go Dusty Baker. He was great, but I couldn't hear a word he said over the banging on the trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> I like the writing candidate, though Hooper. Yeah. I like the writing candidate. And you know, to the to the same point of the trash cans and all, you know Alex Cora is not getting a nomination anytime because soon of that? For, for manager of the year. But uh, 100%, right? Same reason you won't see A.J. Hinch when the Tigers win 94 games next season. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. We got other trophies to worry about. Exactly. I like that take. I like that take. The National League Manager of the Year nominees are Craig Council of the Brewers, Gabe Kapler of the Giants, Mike Schilt of the Cardinals, who got fired. Adam, let's start with you. It's got to be Kapler. I mean, come on. Nobody was picking Sam. Everyone was picking him fifth in that division almost, you know. Um, that's incredible what he did. Uh, to, to go wire to wire, pretty much almost first place with the team, 
like the Dodgers and Padres nipping at their heels, and then the Padres obviously went to bed for some reason with two months to go. But uh, no, Kapler all the way, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, this one's not too entertaining for me either. Uh, I think we were always talking uh, Hooper and, and everybody that, uh, that we were going to, uh, waiting for the Giants to, to kind of collapse. Like you said, they were picked to be third. Quite honestly, Gabe Kapler is uh, one of those guys that I was very close to lumping into the Brad Osmus uh, regime of, of managers. His two years with Philly were were awful. Uh, he ended up two games under 500 as a manager on a team that in in some ways was better than the Giants team that, that he had coming in. Uh, but he did a fantastic job and, and that team was, was outstanding and having to go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers and the Padres all year and never really breaking strong in a 162-game season, he gets a ton of credit for that. Make it unanimous, guys. This is this is an easy one, right? For all the reasons you said, 107 wins, division title in the toughest division in baseball, maybe. And uh, he's they were not boring. Far from. And uh, the nominees for Rookie of the Year will start in the American League, since I know you guys will have plenty to say about it. Franco sends a ball toward the monster. Verdugo looks up and it's gone! The nominees are Wander Franco of the Rays, his teammate Randy Arozarena, and Luis Garcia of the Astros. Matt, you go first on this one. Uh, uh, that's a... What was the third person you said? That's a weird way of pronouncing Akil Badu. Luis, <laughs> Luis Garcia, that's strange. Yeah. I thought it'd be Eric Haas. Uh, somebody? God damn it, what about Casey Mize? <laughs> so I'm telling you. That's that's all right, boys. You just you just forget these guys. Don't you worry. You're not gonna have a choice but to hand them a trophy in a couple of years, commissioner's trophy or whatever the hell they call that thing. Look, this this award is very strange to me this year. Luis Garcia, I mean, had a great year. Uh, really pulled the Astros out of the fire and gets a ton of credit for that. Randy Rosarena, I have a hard time believing is still considered Rookie of the Year just because of. What a monster postseason that he had last year. And Wander Franco only played like 70 games. But in those games, he was unbelievable. Uh, the, uh, the rookie of the year to me, I want to say, I want, really do want to give it to Wander Franco, but he didn't, it just didn't play enough for me. So I'll give it to his teammate. I'm going raise heavy early. I'm going to go with Randy Arozarena as rookie of the year in the American League. Well, I'll disagree there right off the bat. I like a Rosarina, no doubt about it. And I think uh, if he didn't have Wando Franco on his team, he'd get it. Um, even though it's a small sample size, dude looks beyond MLB ready. Like, I've never seen a rookie come in with his stature and the way he already commands a team. He's already leading a team. Like, the way he is on the field, the way he is at the plate, the way he runs the bases um, – you would think he's been playing for four or five years already, and he's a beast. And I think even though it was a shortened 70-game season for him, what he proved in those 70 games, I'm pumped to see this guy play 150-plus because he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the AL. And uh, there's there's uh, there's something to be said for what he was able to do in 70 games. Dude had an on-base streak, like as a rookie, that just kept going. It was incredible. So I'm going Franco. Everything you said there is exactly what Akil Badu did all season long, and he didn't even get nominated. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, listen, I, I agree with you guys. A, Akil Badu should be in this. At least one Tiger should be in this race. And as much as I like Wander Franco and want to give it to him, he only played 70 games. 
Like, I, I think this is the easiest bet. If you were putting money down in Vegas, you got to put it on a Rosarena. 20 home runs, 20 steals. How many people are in the 2020 club? You have to give it to them. And the National League Rookie of the Year nominees are Dylan Carlson of the Cardinals, Trevor Rogers of the Marlins, and Jonathan India of the Reds. And Manny, you can start this one. This is less interesting to me than the American League Rookie of the Year because I think those other players are studs and because the Tigers players are studs and they didn't even get a sniff. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jonathan India here. He was first among rookies in on-base percentage, doubles, walks, runs. He's second in OPS, um, had 21 home runs. His war was 3.9. Like, this... This is this is a pretty impressive campaign that Jonathan India put together with the Reds. Uh, and even though the other players on the Reds got a lot of the headlines, he was pretty impressive. I think he wins Rookie of the Year. I think the best rookie in the uh, National League. Uh, I mean, you've got another Cardinal. For, they're going to win all the awards. Dylan Hart and Carlson in there, and then they win them their five gold gloves. For, for me, I'm going Trevor Rogers. Uh, 264 ERA, third lowest ERA by a rookie with 130 innings pitched since 2000. Only had two or gave it up no more than two earned runs in 22 of 25 starts this year on a a subpar Marlins team in a pretty difficult division. Not a great division, but a difficult division and a challenging division for them. I think he was great. I know I won a lot of money out of him when I'd see Trevor Rogers starting for the Marlins. I would always he'd always end up being the underdog. I'd normally get to double my money. So I'm going with Trevor Rogers on this one. Well Matt, me and you are in agreement there. I loved Rogers what he did. And I think mainly too, he just separated himself um, regarding rookie of the year. Like I thought, India had a fantastic season, and he had that streak where it was like every night he was a highlight reel. It seemed, but I just I didn't see it consistently throughout the year for him. And not not to knock him, he's a rookie. It was still a great year, but Rogers from start to finish, like and pretty much Matt, you you, you kind of tallied off everything I had written down, and that was the big one for me was the. No more than two earned runs in 22 or 25 starts. That's incredible for a rookie. Like, how many rookies in their first five starts get past the third inning without giving up four or five runs, you know? Like, that's – it was a beautiful thing to see. On a subpar Marlins team, it's it's some hope for their future. So, yeah, I'm going Trevor Rogers. like the pitcher in this one. And now let's move to the Cy Young Award. The National League nominees are Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, Corbin Burns of the Brewers, and Max Scherzer of the Nationals and the Dodgers. And Adam, we'll start with you on this one. Who was your winner? Well, it's National League. Hello, Cy Young. It's, uh, it's, for me, it's Max. I, I, I thought he was not getting any love most of the season. He was right there with the ERA leaders and stuff. And I think when any pitcher can kind of go from one team to another and not only be as good but better than they were with their original team, especially in a pressure cooker like playing for the Dodgers, um, there's expectation in that stadium. And he, he met it and then came, and then some. Uh, with his age and experience, he looks like he has no intent on slowing down. He's reminding me of like the Tom Brady of baseball right now. He looks just as pumped, just as capable as he did like eight, nine years ago. And so I, I'm going Max. He had some phenomenal, 
phenomenal numbers. Um, like I said, two teams, a 2.46 ERA, 236 Ks, and he had an MLB best 0.864 whip. Yeah. Like, you can't beat it. So I'm going Max. The whip was pretty impressive. I'm going to go Corbin Burns to the Brewers on this one here. A 2.43 ERA. The strikeout rate at 35%. He had 234 strikeouts in 167 innings. I And I've talked about this before, that baseball has just become a three-outcome sport. You're either going to walk, strike out, or hit a home run. He just he's striking out 35% of the guys he's facing, which is an incredible number. And, and again, that Brewers team needs something because they've got all the pitching in the world, but they just can't get past uh, that, that first round of the playoffs. But I'm going to go with Corbin Burns on this one uh, for a National League Cy Young. Do you guys think that everybody expects this of Mad Max Scherzer now? Like he loses votes because everybody expects him to perform at that level? Like Cooper, you know, listening to those stats that you reeled off, he went 7-0. and He never lost a game in Dodger Blue after yeah. the trade. Like 1.98 ERA. But I, to me, I think people are looking elsewhere because they're like, oh, Mad Max does this every year. I think he loses votes. And I like Corbin Burns. I, You know, Matt, you talked about how he had the best ERA of all three of the nominees um, and his strikeout rate. Like, there's a fielding independent pitching stat, FIP. And he had the second best in the history of Major League Baseball. It's weak contact, strikeouts, and never walks anybody. Second only to Pedro Martinez in 1999. Like, that's pretty impressive. Like, I think Mad Max is going to win, but I'd really like to put money down on Corbin Burns because I think he had a hat of a year. And I think he is deservedly of the Cy Young. I love that man. He's oh. dipping into the analytics department here. I've never heard of that stat before. <laughs> what? The, where the hell did you hear that from? Um, listen, I've been hanging out with AJ Hinch a lot. You know, we, we really like the analytical baseball. It's gonna it's gonna turn the Detroit Tigers around. So I've done my studying. Corbin Burns. Oh somehow we're gonna get him into a, the old English D, and he's gonna lead the. Tigers into the World Series. Well, you've heard of Moneyball, folks. What about Manyball? <laughs> Just <laughs> love it. I loved what the Brewers did. I love what Burns did. That whole pitching staff. The only thing I mark against them is you're in the NL Central. It was a weak, weak division. You got yeah. to go up against the Cubs, and you got to go up against the Pirates, and yeah, you got the Cardinals who kind of turned it on late, finally. And since he was a, eh, eh, you know, where I know Max was with Washington, but I thought the NL East hitting wise had some more potential. And then he went and goes and plays with the Dodgers in the West that had way more power. Um, so I always kind of look at those little bits and pieces too to see where they're sitting. He got it. Number 10 on the night for Robbie Ray. Now the American League Cy Young, Robbie Ray from my Blue Jays, Garrett Cole from the Yankees, and Lance Lynn from the White Sox. Matt, who you got? Okay. Okay. It's not going to Garrett Cole. (laughs) Not a chance. Can you imagine that acceptance speech? Not a chance. Would it be any better than 
the way he explained <laughs> the substance of the pause. Yeah, can we can we break down the before and after stats uh, when when we look at Garrett Cole uh, as as that one for sure? I mean, Lance Lynn's numbers were great, um, but I'm going to go with Robbie Ray. Uh, you know, wins the uh, ERA title, leads the major leagues in strikeouts, um, almost 200 innings, uh, ten double digit strikeout games which was the most of anybody and you know uh, I don't count the division I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily worried about the divisions that these guys are in but that's a tough division we know that for sure uh hearing all these Blue Jay fans whine about missing the playoffs by one game uh even though you you know had it all in in your laps you just couldn't uh, finish off the Orioles or whatever it was in the middle of uh of August and it came back to bite you but uh I'm gonna give it to Robbie Ray here I think he was fantastic I think he's gonna get paid and I really hope it's not the Tigers that are paying him (laughs) yeah I don't think he's gonna have uh the same year I don't think he can replicate what he did however in saying that he is my pick for the American League saw young too for everything that Matt said, and in particular because Garrett Cole fell off a cliff mm-hmm. after the whole substance, uh, foreign substance on baseball scandal reared its ugly head, um, and I really don't like that. Really left a bad taste in my mouth with the numbers that Garrett Cole. Sure, he put on some pretty good performances down down the stretch, but there were few and far between. Nothing like what he had in the first half of the season. Well, I was going to write in Jose Urena, but um, I guess I wasn't. Going to ask him. <laughs> 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 Come on, no one did more than their for their team than that. That great locker room guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, I, I, it's unanimous. Like Robbie Ray was dominant this year from start to finish, and it was mid-season when I was really finally taking notice. I, I didn't want to believe it in the beginning. Um, I just figured, oh, he's having a nice start, but it'll fall. And he just got better, and it looked like he got stronger. And dude is a tank now. <laughs> like what the hell? He, he, I remember him as a tiger. He was not that beastly-looking man on the mound. Um, and I love the way he handed that Baltimore situation towards the end of the season with their bench and their coach. I think he's got a great demeanor up there. He's got a kill now attitude, but knows how to just stay focused. And again, I still I do somewhat take the divisions in. Lance Lynn was in the central against some really crummy teams. I know that's not all of it, but you know Robbie Ray he dominated really good teams and bad teams. He just kind of never let up the whole season. So. Robbie Way for me, he's he's one of the main reasons the Blue Jays got within that game. John, you're usually pessimistic about the Blue Jays. Are you gonna say it's Robbie Ray's award too? Yeah, I think so. I think he was that good. I don't think there's any any chance that it isn't really. Unanimous. That's well hit out to right, and he's done it! Otani leads off the game with a homer! Yes! What a way to get RBI number 100 of the season. Showtime! Show me the money with a swing there. Scott Service, all he can think is, why do we pitch to him? I have to. First bat of the game, and Shohei goes yard. And another one I think might be unanimous. So we get to the big awards, the MVP honors. First, the American League. The nominees are Shohei Otani of the Angels. And from the Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero and Marcus Simeon. Uh, Manny, you go first. Listen, if Vladdy's in the National League, he wins the MVP award without a doubt. With 
Without a doubt, he had a tremendous, tremendous season. 48 home runs, OPS over 1,000. Um, just, I just never saw him pitch. So, you know, Otani, 46 home runs, slugging percentage, 592. And, oh, by the way, he won nine games, had a 3.18 ERA, 156 strikeouts in 130 innings pitch. First two-way player in 100 years. How can you not give it to Otani? It's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer for me. We, we saw something that baseball never saw. His stats are better than Babe Ruth ever had. It's just, you can't beat it. Um, I hope Vladdy can put up this kind of season again in the future because he'll get his MVP then. But unfortunately, he put it up against Otani, which I, I have a hard time considering anyone voting for anyone but him. Like you, you, We saw something that we may never see again. I'd love to see Otani do it again, but I doubt it. It was it was incredible. So yeah, no, I didn't even bother going through many stats because I'm like, it, it, the the MLB was this was Otani's year. He brought so much interest. You want to talk about most valuable player? No one brought more eyes to that sport this year than that man. Simple as that. So you got to give it to him. He's the MVP by far. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it unanimous at least on our panel of Shohei Otani. The only thing that I would say as far as the MVP con- uh, awards are concerned, Salvador Perez got absolutely ripped off by not being nominated. I, to me, and I said this earlier in the year, if you were going to put the voting one, two, three uh, for MVP, I would have gone Shohei Otani. I then would have gone Salvador Perez, and I would have gone Vlad Jr. third. You've got a guy who hit 48 home runs, 121 RBIs, 270 batting average. He's a catcher on top of that. And Marcus Simeon had a great year. There's no question about that. But he was not in a lineup that featured Nicky Lopez and Andrew Benintendi and Hunter Dozier. He was in a lineup with Vlad Jr. with bangers that went top to bottom in that lineup. Salvador Perez literally did that on his own aside from Whit Merrifield. I think he got ripped off, but Shohei Otani is the MVP in the American League. That's what he went to. Tatis went out and got it, sent it to deep left center, and gone. He is out of this world. And last but not least, the National League MVP nominees are Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres, Bryce Harper of the Phillies, Juan Soto of the Nationals, and uh, Adam, the floor is yours. Come on, do it, Hooper, do it. (laughs) Bryce Harper, it is not. Come on, come on. I'll say this, these three, it was tough to pick one of them because they're very evened out, really, for the most part. And unfortunately, all three of them were on losing teams that kind of went nowhere. Um... The biggest disappointing team, obviously, was the San Diego Padres this year, and Tatis being part of that was the only thing they had left in the end, which blew my mind. That being said, I got to go. I love what Soto did. The, the, he, just like what I saw with Franco for being a, a rookie coming up and what I expect for him, it's what Soto's been doing the last couple of years in the NL, and he's a beast to be reckoned with. 313, 465, 534 slash line, 29 home runs, but a National League war of 7.0, and his second half was just went off. And his on-base, it, it's just incredible watching him play. And I, I feel bad he's on a team that's pretty much going to be going through a rebuild now, now that they unloaded so much. But he's a hell of a centerpiece to have, and a lot of people will want to come and play for them because he's there. 
Um, I think he's the reason they won any games, to be honest. But it was a tough pick between the three because I, I no disrespect to Harper. He had a great year. But it, none, none, I will say that of the three of them, none of them had a season that was like, you know, we, we don't have a flag junior in the National League in this, these three. We don't have an Otani, obviously, even Salvador Perez, stuff like that. But if I had to pick, yeah, Soto is my, my vote. I think it's impressive. This was the first time in, I think it was 15 years, that no, in this case, nominee uh, played a playoff game this year. Uh, it had been that long since the two MVPs winner uh, winning had been, I think it was 1987 was the last time that both American League and National League MVPs hadn't made playoffs. But now we've got nominees, and none of them played a playoff game, which was pretty surprising to me. Um, I, I mean, I have no problem with anybody in the National League list, to be honest with you. I think you, this is probably the one uh, of all the awards that if you tell me you, you pick Tatis, I get it. If you pick Soto, I get it. Um, for me, I think I'm going year long and, and I, I'm going to go with Bryce Harper uh, as the MVP just because uh, Adam Hooper didn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm fine with any of them, but up when that awards announced. Somebody know. on this panel is going to take them. And just because Matt took Bryce Harper, I'm going to take Bryce Harper so we can give it to Hooper some more. <laughs> <laughs> 309 average, 35 home runs, 84 RBIs, 101 runs scored, 100 walks. This guy walked 100 times. Led the majors in doubles, slugging percentage, OPS. He just won the Hank Aaron Award as the top offensive player in the National League. I get it. Any one of these three could win this award. I'm picking Bryce Harper. And now that we've gone the way we've gone, I'm sure it's going to be Tatis. Which is <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no better ringing endorsement for Fernando Tatis <laughs> than what just happened. Hooper, are we going to have any uh, labor issues here? Is this going to be a big thing? I, I'm worried about it. I, I don't like that they almost weren't doing any kind of talking throughout this whole – they knew it was coming. I feel like maybe in the last couple of weeks of November, they'll like act like, oh, yeah, we're really trying to press and get it done, and it won't get done. And then I'll, I'll be surprised if we get a, a, uh, an agreement by mid-February, to be honest. I'm hoping there's no stoppage. But at the very least, maybe we get a shortened, um, you know, at the worst, hopefully just a shortened spring training and let's go. Um, that's kind of what we were predicting last week. Too. Yeah, and, and I would love to see that. And I know that's part of even the labor dispute is like, to hell with spring training. Like, just let's make this a couple of weeks and let's get rolling already, you know. We don't need to be doing this for week after week when all these players are ready and stuff. So, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like how baseball seems to have this every four to five years. We're sitting here wondering, oh, are they going to stop this year? Um, and especially being a Tiger fan and wanting to see, you know, some big deals be made this year. I don't know what we're going to see before December. If, uh, if We already just- made one big deal. Yes, Barnhart. Barney. But Correa's out there right now and, you know, all these guys. And they go on 96 and – you know, I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't know if they're going to do much of these big deals until everything else is sorted out league-wise. So it's unfortunate. I had read an interesting article about the shortstops, and we all are talking about the shortstops and this being the, the free agent class. And I forget who it was that was writing it, but it was somebody of, uh, of baseball elk that it said he wouldn't be surprised to see one of the big-name shortstops sign almost right away. 
because everybody's going to be jockeying. Everybody's going to be waiting, waiting, waiting. Somebody's just going to jump out and be like, all right, I'll take that money. And it sounds like it's Javier Baez, and it sounds like it would be going to the New York Mets. Um, so there may not be a big change there, but somebody's going to have to set the pace, and I think that person's going to get very nicely paid. And so there, the the expectation of this writer was that uh, the shortstop market's going to heat up a lot sooner than we think it's going to. But Hooper, you and I talk about the hot stove and, and how unhot it is and getting cooler every single yeah, year. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what the labor dispute throws in there. I, th- I think if the Tigers are serious, you got to get one of the big names. Baez is one I'm fine with not signing as well with Story. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping for Correa just for the ability that he has to. Per- He's about to go into the prime of his career. I love Correa or Seager. I'll take Correa. I think he's got a little more in the tank, and I think he's got the relationship with Hinch already. He's proven to be a leader. As much as I hated um, Houston through the whole scandal, he had no problem being out there and being a voice of that team, and I like that kind of attitude in him. Someone who's going to take charge of that inner field, and we're going to need that because that's the one problem. The Tigers don't have that, the face of the franchise right now. Ten years, three hundred million. Ten years, three hundred million dollar contract. I do it, and I I'd love to see them do something where they 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 front load it. You know, give them the big money off the bat, and then the last five six years of it, make it more of a twenty million a year deal, so they can continue to roll with free agents. But we'll see what happens. Um, but I I every article I'm reading more than not they're saying Correa to the Tigers, so I'm hoping everyone's predicting right. Well, we'll see. That's that to me is like looking at the the weather forecast for Saturday exactly. on on a Tuesday. I don't want them talking about the Tigers right now in Korea. I think I want that to be. Oh, he might go to the Angels, and then the day it gets announced, he ends up in Detroit. But I'll tell you, if the Tigers get Carlos Correa, you can start etching that AJ Hinch statue out there. You can take down Hank Greenberg, and you can put the AJ Hinch one up there because this this I think we can all agree, not having any idea what's happening in the front office, this ain't Alavila that's going to be pulled. The strings here. AJ no Hinch way. is going to go get his boy, and he's going to say, "Let's go show Major League Baseball that we can do this together again and do it right." And we are going to be World Series champions, probably from twenty-three to twenty-eight. I would suggest. Where's the Alavila statue? Come on, Alavila might be able to clean the statues, but there was there was actually I don't know who who had an article out there saying he predicts the Tigers are going to sign. Correa, JV, Radon, and bring Andrew Miller into the bullpen. Oof. I don't That's think a we have a chance. Of and if I had to pick one to definitely not sign, it'd be Miller because the last couple of years he's he's on the decline and then some. Yeah. So what's the point bringing him in? But I'm like, oh, those three. It'd be a nice start, and it would push this team, that's for sure. Right. I have to go real quick and get a new pair of pants, and uh, we'll we'll continue on in a minute here. Hooper, great to see you. Thanks for taking yeah, part in the show nice. with us. Thank you. Hey, real quick on the reward awards, what did you think of the uh, Gold Gloves? Gold Gloves were crazy. St. Louis, yeah. I didn't realize how good that Five Cardinals. <laughs> Can we just get rid of calling them the fucking Gold Gloves, though, and just start saying what they really are? It's like, well, you're a good hitter who happens to play in the field. Yeah. That's all they are. Like, Because yeah. how many times were we begging to see uh, Laird win one for catcher? Yep. But it's going to Mauer, you know? like Laird, Polanco, all of those guys in, in that time, You're going to tell sure. me there's many shortstops better than Jose Iglesias? Yeah. 
Come on, you guys were posting on your Twitter every other day another Jose Iglesias. Play, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. But since he hit 320 and hit 40 home runs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You'd think he was a soccer player we were posting so much about him. <laughs> Even though I was clicking the wrong highlight, I was always voting for him. <laughs> Keep Hooper. voting, Hooper. Thanks, Just buddy. Just do it on a Monday. <laughs> you guys still throw those up there? I've been looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just a quick reminder those uh, awards start being handed out next week on monday if you want to uh, follow along and see how bad our predictions were or how accurate they are you too can have your say join the debate on our social media follow us at podcast ffc on twitter and instagram and for future considerations on facebook and you can also send us your comments and uh, as well as topics and questions for upcoming shows at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Hooper, you're a beauty. Thanks for joining us again. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks a lot for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard... One of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.